Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. And with me today, our co-host and also our friend, and yes, today, our guest, Kimberly Majeski. Hi, Jim. Hey, Kimberly. So good to see you. Glad to have you in the studio always. And today, I'm especially glad because we get to talk about you a little bit mm-hmm. and some of the things that have claimed your life in recent years that have given you a lot of energy and passion and drive, but also, and perhaps most significantly, have actually spoken into the lives of other people that you could never have dreamed that you would speak to who have found freedom. And as I say that, our listeners are probably wondering, what? What's she doing? (laughs) Well, let's just do a little heads up. You're actually helping people find freedom from being trafficked for their bodies. Is that fair? That's right. Right here in the central United States where you live, you are at work helping women Mm -hmm. who are being trafficked. They are being bought and sold for their bodies. That's right. We have a ministry called Strip Love, and we uh, serve women in commercial sex trafficking uh, and commercial sex trade. And when you say you serve them, you come alongside and you love them to a place where they know they could choose another way of life if they want to. That's right. It's all about building authentic relationship with them and uh, helping them to know what love really looks like. When we come back, I want to unpack some of that story because it's something that inspires me and I think will inspire you too as you listen. Stay with us. Kimberly Majeski, I'm not sure how many years you've been our co-host here on CBH, but oh, it's, it's been a while. It's been a minute. And that that's mm-hmm. and that's one hat you wear. You also wear a hat as a faculty member at a university. Mm-hmm. You teach both grad school and undergraduate courses. I do. And you are a wife and a mom, and you and your mm-hmm. husband have an adorable, now three-year-old little boy. That's right. Uh, I mean, you are an aunt and a daughter, mm-hmm. and I, you have a circle of friends. I mean, your life is crowded already. I mean, you have plenty of things in which you might find fulfillment and purpose Mm -hmm. and meaning, but you also have this other department of yourself. Mm -hmm. And all of them work together, I know, because they're woven together at some levels. Mm -hmm. But but there's this whole other part of Kimberly Majeski that most people could not have imagined, having just heard your bio as I gave it. You go to strip clubs weekly. I mean, your routine over the last eight years has has included now regular and routine visits into strip clubs where adult women, but sometimes very young adult women Mm -hmm. who might just have attained the age of majority, let's say, Mm -hmm. they actually dance, take off clothing, are paid to do so, Mm -hmm. while strangers, men mostly, come to gawk and watch. And then from there, they can be taken outside, they can arrange to be paid for extra favors, extra things, and, and all of this is a gateway it's a gateway to being trafficked. Right. You now make it your ambition, routine, and it's your ordinary part of your life to go to these establishments. Yes. Wow. Okay. So let's <laughs> As just. As a pastor and not. <laughs> A patron. You're not a purveyor, <laughs> and you're not an owner, but you're right. going as someone who cares about people yes. who are there. And help me understand, again, over these eight years, mm-hmm. how you found yourself doing this. I mean, it was just kind of a sudden revelation one day, and you had to obey the call. Yes, I felt a call to sort of go and love these women in uh, clubs, and I found out that there was a club not a mile from, my fir- from, the, from the church I attended. 
and uh, just started to pray and get some education. And one night went in with a plate of cookies and a hope to build friendship. Wow. Uh, All right, wait, wait. One, just nonchalantly, she says, <laughs> so one night after praying about it, I walked in with a plate of cookies hoping to bring. Well, we and, prayed for a long time. <laughs> All right. But, you know, prayerfully <clears throat> found yourself at the door with a plate of cookies looking yeah. to build relationships on mm-hmm. the other side of what is otherwise a, a closed room. That's and right. this had to be the drama of a lifetime. Now, you did not know then what you know now, how no. important that really would be, because many of us drive by strip clubs and do not see them as threatening uh, or dark dungeons of, of slavery, mm-hmm. even though I myself do not go to strip clubs, mm-hmm. and, and I would not encourage my sons to go there. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I would have driven by it and seen it as, as the as this awful place of hell's gateway. And yet, as you got involved, you realize how vulnerable the people are inside. Is that, is that fair? Yeah, that's right. I mean, w- one of the things that uh, is a challenge for us in this ministry is we're always having to advocate and educate people about the lives that these women really live and uh, the cost of, of this kind of life to a particular woman, but to her children, and really to a community. Trafficking, sex trafficking, is, is a symptom of a broken community. And uh, it's prevalent in cities where women and children live in poverty. And you and I happen to live in a, a city where that's really true. And yes, we, we have these narratives in our head about these women and who they are and how they you know, chose to do this and how they have these beautiful bodies and they sell themselves and they lure good men in and they're seductresses and sirens and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, in most cases, these clubs are not fine, lovely establishments. They're dirty, filthy establishments where the windows are blacked out so no sunlight or hope can get in and nobody can see what's going on on the inside. And uh, nobody would know if they didn't stop to go in and and see what was happening. So I believe that's why God sent us in there as completely unknowing and uneducated as we were about all of it. (laughs) We learned very quickly. And what you've learned uh, includes a kind of profile of the women who dance in the clubs. Again, I think many people think that these are people who've made a choice. And maybe even if I thought, uh, I wouldn't ascribe to them, well, they're a seductress or they're a siren trying to lead good men astray, I might just think, well, they're just people with a different value frame than I have. Mm -hmm. And the guys who go there may be bad guys. But you know what? These women have put themselves in that position for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. uh, easier than going to college. So you know what? It's not my business to intervene. But what you've learned is that that's not necessarily the ordinary profile. So Kimberly, help me understand, what's the ordinary profile of one of the dancers you've met in these clubs? So first, I want to say that I've visited strip clubs across the United States. I have been in a club in Portland, Oregon, that was full nude and vegan. I have been <laughs> oh, in That's I hadn't imagined. No, yeah. yes. <laughs> I mean, every expression of these kinds of clubs uh, I've been in. And I'm, I'm saying that to tell you that the profile is pretty similar. The DSM uh, is now talking about a new classification for victims of trafficking. DSM? How we evaluate uh, psychosis. It's the professional standard definitions of Mm -hmm. uh, psychology. Yep. To talk about complex and compound trauma. What we typically see is women who have been abused and neglected 
and abused and neglected and abused and neglected. Often there's a narrative of generational poverty that's a part of that. Many of the women I know across the years are a second generation prostitute, uh, grew up with, with a mother who held and lived this kind of life and sort of grew up into it as she felt was her only option. But what you see is women who never get that sort of first abuse, that first pain healed and uh, lived into in a healthy way. And so everything builds on top of that from a place where there's no self-worth and your body doesn't belong to you. you. You sort of divorce yourself out from that. And so it's very easy to become lured into this kind of story. And now, I mean, in our day, we, we talk about this as the oldest you know, profession in the world, but I mean, there are literally uh, professionals who are working to lure these women into these relationships of entrapment, into what we call trauma bondage, and lock them into these relationships so they cannot get out, and they continue to buy and sell themselves further and further and further into this really prison. There are tens of millions of people worldwide today who are enslaved. Mm -hmm. And by that we mean they do not have control over their own destiny or their bodies. And someone else profits by them. And 70% of those are sold for their sexual prowess. That their bodies are objectified not in the labor of the of the cotton field, right. but they are objectified and they are sold for the purpose of sex. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're addressing. In the Western world, in the developed world, as in here in the United States, there are women who may not be manacled with a chain right. physically, right. but you're describing a scenario where they're actually chained by their emotional and traumatic yes. bonds and their economic woes mm-hmm. to where they have survived and they are constantly drawn deeper and deeper into this net. To describe them as a slave is exactly apropos. It's exactly what it is. But the additional challenge for our work, for the work of Strip Love and ministries like ours, is oftentimes our victims view their perpetrators as a person who loves them, the person who's taking care of them. It's not strange for them to refer to him as daddy or as boyfriend uh, and to regale stories of how good he treats her and how kind he is to her and what he bought for her. And, He's and, the protector and the provider. Yes. And, uh, and, and never mind that he beat you senseless last night and I had to come pick you up, right? A kind of Stockholm syndrome almost yes. where you, you adjust to admire and become bonded to yes. your captive, your yes. captor. And that's why this is so difficult, because uh, you can't just go in there and bust up those relationships. You have to literally develop relationships alongside of those and pray to God that they begin to wake up to what real love looks like, to experience what real friendship looks like, so that they see that over and against this other phenomena over here, and then begin to kind of realize, hey, this isn't where I wanted to be. This isn't what I planned for my life. We always say, we want you first to know you're loved by God. And once you wake up to that, that maybe you start to wake up to your dreams and you see the space between where you are and what that was. And when you're ready, we can help get you back there. Amazing grace, how sweet 
Kimberly, I know that uh, you're a person of great heart and uh, compassion. Uh, you're very smart, but uh, your academic prowess does not obscure your capacity to just love. In other words, you're not just about ideas. You're actually about the relationships. And part of that is born out of your allegiance to Scripture. Mm -hmm. And I know there's a passage in the New Testament that really has helped form your passion for this ministry called Stripped Love, which has as its focus women who are enslaved in strip clubs. Mm -hmm. I want to read some of the passage yep. and allow you to pick it up. It's in the fourth chapter of 1 John, uh, near the end of the New Testament, but few words ever more powerfully spoken. This is what it says. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. All who confess that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. Now, that's through verse 16 of 1 John chapter 4, and it wholly drives home this idea mm -hmm. that love is the currency of God, the language of God, the definition of the God who sent his son because he loved us so much, so primary. Fear also gets in the way of us experiencing that love. Pick it up at verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us a command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Now, Kimberly, that passage uh, has a lot of depth in it, it and does. has a lot of responsibility in it. Mm -hmm. And it connects to your ministry of strip love. How do you actually go about the business of loving in the strip club where the daylight has been blacked out, where the parking lot looks a little seedy, where all kinds of people converge that you would not normally run across. How do you love there? What do you do? So we believe this passage, we take it at its word, that love is greater than fear. We believe the opposite of love is not hate, but it's fear. And we know that when we walk into those places of darkness, that everything in the atmosphere begins to shift because we have stepped into it, because within us is the power and light and hope of Jesus Christ. Now, that's not to say there's nothing special about us. We're just those, right? We're just those um, earthen vessels. But the power in us is something altogether different. And Jim, I cannot tell you the stories of favor and blessing that we have seen across the years from people who 
shouldn't like us, shouldn't welcome us, shouldn't want us, but who have um, opened their hearts and their lives and invited us in. So on a given night, we'll walk in the room, and if there are men sitting in our chairs, the staff will say, get up, get up, get up. The church ladies are here. These are their seats. When you say our chairs, because Mm -hmm. there are places now that they consider to be, oh, this is where you hang out. Right. These are, it's like we have, we have the seats of honor, right, in these clubs. Um, when someone passes away, when someone overdoses, I'm the person they call. You know, I, I stood in the DJ booth at the VIP and spoke words of blessing and hope over a, a, a mourning group of people from every club in central Indiana because one of their own had overdosed there in the, in the parking lot. We walk in, and oftentimes they'll turn the music to Christian songs on on the radio no to kidding. just say yes, to say hey, our our friends are here. I mean, it's crazy, bizarre, nutso stuff, but they love us, and because we have proven to them across the years that our only agenda is to love them, uh, well, then they want us to be there, and uh, they open up to us and they share life with us. Tell me the story about one of your early visits where after going for a few weeks, there was kind of a sit-down meeting uh, with the staff of the club because the staff and the people who work there just couldn't figure you out. Well, we said to them, um, we're your friends, we're your neighbors. We're from the church down the street, and uh, we came here to love you. No strings attached. How'd they respond to that? They said, that's really nice. We've never had anybody in here who just wanted to love us. And um, that was profound for us, Jim. I know that you'll remember that first Christmas. Uh, we threw a big party for them and got gifts for them and got their, bought the entire wish list um, for their kids through good folks in our church who wanted to help out. And these women in this club who, who eke out a living on their tips— said, we want to do something nice for you and for your church. We've been so good to us. And they said, would you allow us to take up an offering for needy kids in your church? An offering at the strip club? Yes. (laughs) Now, here's the thing, Jim. A lot of churches would have said, no, 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 we don't want your money. We said, thank you. That blesses us um, unbelievably. And I'll never forget when we would go into the club and see that tip jar with a boa, feather boa around it. <laughs> and they would stop their, you know, patrons and say, no, you've got to put money in it. And they gave us $250 for needy kids in our church that year to buy coats for them. I mean, amazing stuff. And the next year we said, what do you want for Christmas? And they wanted to be, they wanted to come to the play at our church, the Christmas Carol. They wanted to walk in the door and be a part of the Christmas pageant, so to speak. It's a big, big to-do in our city over almost 30 years now. It's a big community event. And uh, they, at one point, decided to sell sort of gold circle tickets to raise funds for another ministry uh, here in our town. And so we said, what would happen if we bought gold circle tickets for, for these folks? And so um, that year and many subsequent years after, the best seats, the seats of honor in the house on that opening night were given to dancers and their children and bartenders and, and um, bouncers and DJs to come and sit in the, the first and best seats in the house uh, to hear the gospel story. All of these relationships 
are walking across a bridge of mm-hmm. love demonstrated and proved true. Yes. And that said, not only have you been welcomed then, and it's not always the case. I mean, sometimes there's pushback, I know. But, but in the end, do you, do you see some of the dancers actually saying, you know what, I'm walking away from this world into a new life journey? Jim, I'm happy to tell you that almost eight years now, we've seen over 40 women transition out of the life into into new employment, into stable homes, be reunited with their family, step up and be mothers and hold down jobs and pursue their education. Uh, We've launched teams across the country of a team that we launched in Marion, Indiana uh, in 2014, and they've seen 21 women transition out there. And so... Honestly, Kimberly, this is a ministry that any church could embrace. Any church. And I'm hearing you say anyone listening today could actually make a difference. Absolutely. If you love God, you can love in this world also. Absolutely. This world of trafficking, and you can help people find life and freedom for Jesus' sake. That's right. And we want to encourage everyone listening today to think about your life. Maybe you're listening today, and you're a person who actually works in a club. We want you to know God loves you and has options for you. And just pray with us today. Maybe you go to clubs. Maybe you're a guy listening to us today and you take business trips and you find yourself at a club because you're embarrassed to do that in your hometown, but you do it anyway when you travel. I want you to know God knows you too and he's got a plan for your life and there's some great things you could do for the good. Pray with us today. Maybe you've never been to a club and you're not even sure if there's one in your town, but God's stirring in your heart to do something, to help others see the love that God has. Will you pray with us too? Wherever you are, pray with us just now. Our Father, we're so thankful today. We're so thankful for the way in which you love. And when I think about how great you are, you are the creator of the universe and the maker and giver of life. How you might be framed very differently, but it is your nature to love. You are love. And we're thankful for the very personal and direct way you love us and for your son, Jesus. You proved your love by sending him into this world, into this kind of broken down, stripped club of a universe Mm -hmm. that has been corrupted by our own brokenness, our own sin. Thank you. Today, Lord, as we pray, I ask that you'll stir in our hearts. Help us to become involved and to be aware and to become invested in actually loving others to freedom. For Jesus' sake. And by his power, we ask it. Amen. Now, if you'd like to know more about how you can be an agent of God's love, if you'd like to know more about how you can understand God in ways that bring you life, if you'd like to know more about stripped love and how it can come to your town, and I promise you it can, give us a call. Just dial toll-free 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. 24 hours a day and seven days a week. We're by the phone. We want to pick up that phone and hear your voice. Give us a call. Alternatively, Kimberly, somebody may not want to call, but they would go online. Where should they look? You can visit us online at cbhviewpoint.org. Send us a message and we'll get right back to you. CBH, Christians Broadcasting Hope. Those are our call letters, cbhviewpoint.org. Or if you prefer, just write me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana 46018, USA. But whether you call us on the phone, check us out online, or use surface mail, please, 
Don't let the world pass you by. Don't pass by a world that needs God's love. Reach out. Let us hear from you. Kimberly, thanks for your work. Thanks for your investment here at CBH. Thanks for letting us share about it today. And we thank you for tuning in. We hope you'll be with us again next week as we try and help you see your world from heaven's view. For all of us at the CBH Ministry team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, this is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.